Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. couples 
go down the toilet in their finances because they're trying to, you know, give this child everything. And sometimes, as a parent, you just got to say no. There's nothing wrong with it. Listen, you're keeping a roof over their head. You're, you know, making sure they're fed and clothed. You know, listen, listen, get this thing together here. What about power play? Yeah, you know, sometimes somebody makes a little more than the other, and, you know, now they lord it over, the, you know, the, 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 the spouse. And, you know, that doesn't make you a really good person. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So she was really, really powerful in her testimony and her guidance as to how, you know, we really need to address the finances in our relationship. And, you know, are you the problem? That you're, Are you the reason why your husband has problems with his finances? Oh, I hope not. I hope that you are on the sidelines praying that, you know, he keep it together. All righty? All righty. Well, we could not finish a morning properly if we did not have our switch hit with Shanti's. Don't mix the world with your ministry. Oh, my goodness. You know, these witch tips have been so practical. You know, things that you wouldn't even think of. And, you know, Shanti talked about you know, her behavioral patterns in the workforce and how, you know, she used to be back in the day. You know, how she used to behave at work and, you know, some of that work ethic that took place in her life and, you know, she really had to fine-tune it, really had to, you know, start fine-tuning those things when she started ministering and working for God because you surely can't take some of these nasty habits that we have, you know, um, and you bring them from the street into the um, into the church, into our ministry, into the things that God has us doing. You know, it's really important that we take our work ethic seriously, how we deal with people seriously, you know, before we begin to really sink our teeth into, you know, ministry, whatever God has us doing. Because we will be in ministry in various ways, and we can't do stuff like that. Okay? All Right. Well, that's how we spent our Monday. So we had our Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. And last week was uh, My Two Cents. And we talked about the movie A Heart That Forgives with Charles Malik Whitfield from The Temptations called Anthony Payne II from the Martin sitcom. And Mario Mim and, you know, two foster brothers, you know, decided that they were going to go to opposite ways of the spectrum. You know, one went, you know, into ministry like the, uh, the, the foster uh, father, 
And the other one is rebelling, you know, from all of the, you know, strict teachings and, you know, church and all of that kind of stuff from when he was growing up. And, you know, the word says train up a child in the way he should go, you know, for when they grow older, they will not depart from it. And the whole entire movie opens up with the, the street brother, you know, the one who we presume is in drugs, but whether it's drugs or street life or whatever, you know, he starts off with cover me in prayer. And it's a testament to, you know, he may be out in the street, but there's something about that prayer thing that he hasn't forgotten. He still has that faith in God. That if you pray for me, you know, I just might come through this thing. I just might change. It just might change something. It just might make a difference. And the interesting part is just the day before we had been cautioned to not mix, you know, the world in with ministry. And that's what the, the pastor brother ended up doing, you know. He's been offered some money by the street brother, if you will. And, you know, he makes some decisions for the church based on money that he's gotten, you know, and what the Bible calls ill-gotten gain. So it's something that we really need to pay attention to because we can't mix ministry and street and, you know, street life or you know, the world's way of doing things, and, you know, it really takes him down a road of a bad decision and just almost costs him, you know, the position in the church. So, you know, it got a, a, a what, almost three-star <laughs> rating from the crew, and uh, I suggest you go see it. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it ain't going to be, you know, the biggest excitement, but get some popcorn and some juice. You'll be all right. Okay? All right. Wow, Wednesday rolls around, and we had our girlfriend, Vivian, uh, talk about how, you know, the, the, the mandate, uh, the requested mandate, that is, that we go into the stores and pull our masks down so we can be seen you know, inside of the store, the camera. So just in case we really have decided to be on the other side of the right thing to do, our faces would be shown, okay? And, you know, Eric Adams, our mayor, our mayor, our mayor has said, uh, I'm giving that one a thumbs up. I think we need to, especially after the 67-year-old bodega Clerk, cashier, was murdered. Why? Because you were able to go into the store with your mask up. Nobody was able to see your face. And now, you know, as of that story, you know, the person was still at large. So, you know, we we, we always have a way of messing things up for everybody else. And, you know, that's exactly, you know, what's happened here. But uh, the biggest, the 
biggest conversation was our lady who spoke to our listeners, you know, whether you were a person who was sitting at home, you know, not wanting to go to church because, you know, there's something that has gone on in your life that you are staying away from God. Oh, they spoke to that individual. Oh, they spoke to the pastor who has grown weary in well-doing and really, you know, just not doing the job anymore. Not intentionally, but because, you know, it's gotten heavy. Oh, my goodness, they spoke to the pastors. And, ooh, baby, what an episode. What an episode. And we got all of that popped off with Faith Over Fear by our pastor, Charlene. Yes. Well, Thursday, 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 Thursday rolled around. And uh, (laughs) we talked about, you know, the person who wrote in for advice. You know, mom was an alcoholic growing up, and he's 59 years old now, and mom really was negligent. You know, he had to step in as a little tyke to take care of the family. And, you know, now mom has dementia. Years later, decades later, mom now has dementia, and all of the siblings who he had to take care of when mom wasn't doing the right thing. Uh, They are all rallying around mom and and lifting her up and supporting her. And this sibling is like, absolutely no way. I don't want to be bothered. I'm okay. I've moved on. I don't want to step back. And they're like, well, you know what? I think you need to just push that to the side and take care of mom who can no longer account for what she did or didn't do back in the day. He's not trying to have it. Well, you got to go back to here. You know, what our new segment introduced, you know, as far as counsel. You know, how do you handle these things in life? Okay, from a Christian perspective. Ooh, I like that. Well... Freestyle Friday was here before we knew it. And we had our men on the podium, (laughs) if you will. And we had our new addition to the men, our brother Ainsley Harris. And, oh, we talked about ways to stop complaining. Yes. And be thankful is one of them. Oh, when we're in a mode of giving thanks, it's a little hard to complain. It's a little hard to complain. Uh, Learn to rejoice in all things. Woo! That's a big one. That's a big one. However, you know, at the end of the day, you do learn to rejoice in all things at all times, the good and the bad. And one other point, learn to be content. And, man, that's a tall one. That is a tall one. You know, when things are in your face and they're just not the way you would like them to be. You know, Paul says, 
I've learned to be content. I've been on both sides of the fence, and I've learned to just kind of be grateful. So the men really did their thing and sent us into a thought-provoking weekend. Oh, Sunday, Sunday night, Faith Talk was in effect this weekend as we had an intimate connection with Pastor Steph last night, Sunday night, and oh my goodness, Minister Billy Smith was back in the seat to talk to again, and he kind of filled in some of the gaps because he spoke to the siblings after the week before's conversation, and they reminded him of some things, and ooh, that was a conversation. I didn't think, you know, we could either match and definitely not surpass the first go-round of, of conversation with Minister Billy. But, ooh, was I wrong? Was I wrong? Was I wrong? It was some kind of conversation. And if I were you, I would go back and listen and then top it off with the prayer and our focus was what? 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 It's escaping me now. I had it right before I got to it. Ah, oh, trusting God in the hard times. Yeah. Woo, was a challenge for Pastor Steph yesterday. But giving God thanks because I made it. Woo-wee. We had a good time last night. Oh, you need to start tuning in to Sunday nights. Now, I don't care nothing about you going to bed early or you sleepy or tired. Set that alarm. You know, I remember years ago I'd have to take a nap. I still do. It's not years ago. I still do. I need to take a nap before I I, I, I get to that time because I don't want to be tired. Well, listen, set that alarm. Set that alarm. Or go back and listen. You know, that's always one of the, the highlights, too, is to talk with Pastor Staff and an intimate connection with Pastor Staff and the World Prayer Project. You can always go back and listen. But listen, that's how we spent our week. That's how we brought in a brand-new week. And, ooh, boy, fireworks, fireworks. So today, today, we are shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. Can you imagine we are here again? Well, we've got another guest. Yes, we've got the relationship clinic opening up. And oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Yes, we have a special a special couple that'll be on. You know, we always got a special couple that'll be on with us. God is always so good and sends us the very best. I can't wait to get to talking. So, listen, I got a little health tip that's a little different for you. So let's get this party started. Uh, Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. I remember the day I found out. I just turned 50. It came right out of the blue. It changed my whole life. I didn't even know what kidney disease was. I have high blood pressure. I have diabetes. I'm Indo-Canadian. That's a risk factor. If you find out early enough, there are things you can do to slow the disease. Maybe even stop it. It's too late for me. I'm on dialysis three times a week. What about you? Do you know your risk?
good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Yes, 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 already. It's Monday already, and we're giving God thanks for just bringing us into, ushering us into a brand new week. Ah. Oh. What a way to start the week. You know, I've got to give you my little health tip before we get started. And uh, then we got a wonderful, wonderful treat for you today. We have special guests on with us, and I can't wait to get to talking. I love their topic. So... Uh, I think it's going to be quite enlightening. All right. So where do we go from here? So normally I give our health tip on Monday mornings, and I found something that was really interesting uh, for our health tip today. You know, there's an ER pediatrician who gave some tips of their own. And... She says, there are some things that I never let my kid do. And, you know, I I think I might want to take this advice. You know, you think about a pediatrician who's always seeing children come in all the time and what what they have to endure. And sometimes we think that we're making the right decision as parents. But, listen, I think I want to take some of these pediatricians' advice because I think they've gotten to learn a couple of things. So one of the things that the pediatrician says, I don't let my children ride in the front seat before they turn 13. I, You know, when I see these, these parents or whoever driving these kids around in their car and they hardly hit the dashboard level, I'm like, yo, what's the matter with you? Well, the ER pediatrician says, nah, not me. She says, you know, vehicle crashes are really the leading cause of unintentional injury and death in the United States. And children should always be in the back seat. <sighs> Listen, they have to have a booster seat until they're eight. So how you got them in the front seat with a booster seat? Does that even make sense? Okay, well, the pediatrician brings that up, too. You know, that means that you have to have the proper booster seats. And I'm going to tell you something. Even over the last few years, you've seen that they've kind of done a little extra booster seating. (laughs) Yeah, it's not just a generic booster seat. Like if you weigh a certain, uh, 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 like, pounds and if it's a certain height, yeah, it it gets that detailed. So she's like, listen, the airbags are also potentially dangerous for children. And you've seen that happen, you know, even with adults. When the crash happens, the children, I'm sorry, the adults have gotten sick from that powder or whatever that comes from the airbag. So come on, come on, come on. Let's let's get smart, people. All right, one of the other things, jump on trampolines. Wow. You know, that seems to be pretty safe, right, because it's netted, you can't go but so high, blah, blah, blah. Well, per this pediatrician, they're like, no, a lot of broken bones 
and orthopedic injuries come from that jumping on a lot of these trampolines. You know, of course, it seems like a lot of fun. It seems like it's, you know, something that they should be able to do. But unfortunately, they say it also depends on the weight of the child and how hard the child bounces. Now, also how high they jump. Now, can you really put a child in a, on a trampoline and say, listen, don't jump too hard, don't jump too high? <laughs> what would be the point? So, listen, there are safer things to do. And still, I think about the fact that the perimeter of the trampoline you know, it's metal. So, you know, let's get that together as well. <sighs> let's see what else. Swim alone. Swim by themselves. They're saying drowning is another uh, leading cause of unintentional injury among children. And they say more children ages 1 to 4 die from drowning than any other cause of death as per the CDC, and they say that swimming pools are not the only place but bathtubs. So we know they're not swimming in the bathtub, but please keep your eye out, you know, a special eye out. Be vigilant uh, when you put your children in these bathtubs. Do not walk off. Do not go answer no phone. Stop flipping through the (laughs) social media Come on, y'all. Let's get this together. They're saying even older children are drowning, you know, in these pools. And, you know, get them some swimming lessons. You know, stop just kind of sending them out to the pool. I know during the summertime it gets really bad out there. And, you know, we want them to go to the pools. But pools are just not the way they used to be years ago. And uh, you just may want to. Give them some swimming lessons first, okay? Riding without a helmet. Now, years ago, we didn't ride with no helmet, and there was this, <laughs> there was this post I cracked up. There was a bike on the side of the road, and the person was in the bushes. You couldn't see, you could hardly see any part of their body. You didn't see their head, and I think the caption read something about, you know, years ago. We did not ride with helmets. We just laid there until we laid there unconscious until somebody found us. It was it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Maybe I'm not telling the story the way it should be told, but it was funny. But at the end of the day, they need to ride with helmets on when they are on bikes, scooters, skateboards, rollerblades, hoverboards. You know, anything where they're moving, listen, some of these kids need helmets when they're walking. (laughs) Yes, that's Pastor Steph laughing to herself, yeah. But, you know, let's keep them safe. They say a lot of children come into the ER when they are wearing um, uh, these, when they're not wearing their helmets. And they say they should also have them when they are ice skating, ice skating, horseback riding, any kind of water sports, snowboarding. Yeah, put them helmets on. Okay. The, the, the ER pediatrician also says she does not allow her children to pet unfamiliar animals. 
Yes. Oh, my goodness. You know, kids are drawn to animals, and you see them. They'll reach out to pet an animal in a minute, to touch an animal in a minute. And she says, we have um, a rule in our house. If you see an animal that you want to pet or interact with, you make sure you come to us first. I think that's a good, you know, good thing. One of the other things that the pediatrician says that they don't allow their children to do is go to a house without asking about firearms. Bing, 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 Oh, my goodness. If that is not a pediatrician who is <laughs> in an ER, reading a newspaper, listening to the news. That's all we're talking about these days. That's all we're talking about these days. These children getting their hands on firearms. And that should be locked up, <clears throat> excuse me, that are not. And, you know, boy, what a mess. What an absolute mess. So make sure you speak to your you know, the the homes where your children are visiting and asking about firearms because people have firearms all over the place. People have found firearms and children have found firearms in the backseat of a car, all kind of things. So, you know, we want to make sure our children are safe. I did get uh, a hit. You know, my, my, my two-time crew is always listening. Back in my day, we didn't wear helmets. We just lied we just lied there unconscious until someone came to get us for dinner <laughs> yes 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 and yes thank you so much my you know the, the background crew is always listening so that's, you know, that's my little help tip for this morning think about those things before you let your children out and about all righty okay well, this morning, the Relationship Clinic is open again, and we are so blessed because we have a special couple again, Elder Jerome and Lady Annette Wilson. So let's say good morning to them. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you both today? I'm blessed. <laughs> All blessed? Right. Good, good, good. Welcome to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And you have opened up the Relationship Clinic on this Monday, March 13th of 2023. And why don't you tell us who the Wilsons are? Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll open the door and let my wife go first. Uh, tell, us, tell us who you are, Lady Wilson. <laughs> well, good morning to everyone. Um, speak up. Okay. Let's see who I can describe to Wilson. Um, we're just an average couple. Um, we've been married for, well, which will we will be married? Have been married for 23 years. Come May, um, we've been together for 28 years. Um, like I said, we're just an average couple. Uh, we love God, 
you know, we love to serve our Lord. Um, just basically, we just try to be, let's just say, down to earth, you know. Um, we like to have fun. We enjoy one another. And, you know, we just like to, you know, spread our love around with everybody that we come in contact with. Elder? Okay. How many do you have children? Yes, I'm sorry, we do. Um, We have three adults, (laughs) three grown adults. Um, I'm going to let Elder take that one there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have... We have three children, um, two boys and a girl, and we have uh, eight grandchildren. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes, Wow. Ma'am. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you were given the list to choose from, and you chose the married, the real married life. What made you choose that particular topic? Uh, well, I, you know, once again, I I deterred, um, deferred it to my wife. You know, I, I mean, I, I pretty much can talk about just about anything. You know, so I, I wanted to find something that, you know, she was comfortable talking about. So, you know, so so why did you choose that? Um, I chose the real married life because you hear of folks going out and, you know, they take marriage lightly, you know. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into being married, you know. And um, I don't think people seem to really realize, you know, the the time you got to have patience, you know, communication with one another. You know, it makes a world of a difference, you know. And the effort that you have to put into being married, you know, you can't, you don't just go out there, you know, tie the knot, and that's it. You got to work at it, you know. You got to work at it, you know, keep it alive and, you know, something fresh. Keep it fresh every day, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, you know, the the, the divorce rate is, you know, so high. And then people are just going out, getting married, you know, and then next thing you know, you turn around, they're divorced, and now they're on their next marriage, you know. People today are not taking marriage as serious as they should, you know. I mean, it's it's a blessing. It's, It's a blessing to be married, you know, to have someone that, you say this is who you want to be with for the rest of your lives. And people are not taking that serious. Marriage hopping. Marriage and I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. Okay. That's, that, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, because that's exactly what they're doing. You know, that's exactly what they're doing. Well, I have some points that I found, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I agree with you 100%. 
uh, lady, Annette, that, you know, how many times have we heard, oh, marriage ain't nothing but a piece of paper? Oh, if life could be so easy, right? A piece of paper. Yeah. You know, it, and it's 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 not that simple. And, you know, I'll, you, you're here this morning to school the folk on what the real side of marriage is about. And since Lady Annette gave us the introduction as to why she chose, we're going to ask you, Elder Jerome, to take the point that marriage takes work. And what kind of work does marriage really take? You know, like Lady Annette said, you know, everybody just wants to be married. They see this, the, the eyes are gaga, the heart is palpitating, the loins are going, and it's like, okay, well, everybody else is married. It looks like we can do this. Well, it takes actual work. It just does. You know, one thing I one thing I found out is that what people don't realize is that that your marriage really doesn't start. Until the atlas, until the, the honeymoon phase is over, <laughs> you know the honeymoon wow. phase is peaches, is peaches and cream. But then okay. after that's over, then what? Then what do you do? You know, um, there was a you know there's a old saying that you really don't know a person until you live with them. You know, it was all funny games before we got to, before we moved in together. Now we together. <laughs> now who's this person I'm with? Mm. Wow. So, so, and then a lot of people don't realize that it takes a lot of, it's not only commitment. Commitment is only the foundational principle of marriage, the commitment. But then, but then there's a thing called, right, you have to compromise too. You know, because, oh. you know, most individuals are set in their ways. But then when you become married, you have to adjust to the next person. And the person. And you have to adjust to them, and they have to adjust to you. And I find that a lot of times these relationships grow sour is because no one wants to adjust. You know, you know, everybody wants everybody wants the next person to be how they are, but that's not how it is. What I've also learned is that is that if you have an individual that is just, that is just like you, you're in a bad relationship <laughs> because. <laughs> Because if if an individual is bad with time and you're bad with time, you're never going to get nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to happen. So, you know, you're going to have to you have to learn to complete each other, and that's the thing. You know, like I said, going you know uh, doing the wedding, saying the vows, having a honeymoon part, but then after that. Now you have to really learn each other. Learn what learn what each other like. Not just in that that how you said that dating phase and then that then the honeymoon phase. When that is all said and gone, we can do that easy. But here come the real work. How do I live with this person? Or how do I adjust myself so the person can live with me? Yeah. So, yes, so that's what I you know, that's what I believe is that what a lot of people miss in being married. All right. Lady Annette, so you dated for five years or courted for five years, so however, you know, you, you put it, and now you just said yes to the dress, and now you realize that the work 
needs to really begin now. I didn't been with him for five years, but now this thing really, 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 I didn't put my foot in this. How did you, what was your wake-up call that marriage really took some work? Ooh, wow. Um, um, basically, um, Elder and I, we grew up in the same neighborhood, in the same building. So we had already known each other. Um, okay. But um, we still came from, even though we grew up in the same neighborhood and stuff, but we still had different lifestyles, you know. I was, as they call, the the, the goody-two-shoes church girl. Mm-hmm. And he, he was considered, you know, the 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 young wannabe thug standing oh. out on the corner, you know, hanging out, thinking it was cute. Um, our, our parents knew one another. Um, that's basically how we became friends because of our parents. But, um, and his mother, God rest her soul, um, she was a beautiful woman, very beautiful, very kind, very sweet. And basically I took to her and she took to me, you know. Okay. um, After going through the courtship, um, Elder had been through his time of uh, acting out, so to speak. You know, he'd get in trouble and um, things like that. And I used to call him a wannabe. Wannabe. Because um, anytime I would see him, he would always run up to me and be like, can I help you carry your bags and stuff like that? And I would be fine whatever, you know, but I always saw a different side of him, and I used to tell him that all the time, you have no business being out here in these streets because this is not you, and I used to to tell him he was faking jacks back in the day, and, um, you know, you, you can tell when a person does not belong somewhere you know, and he didn't belong. But um, after a time, um, when we got together, um, I I, I thought we wanted the same thing, (laughs) and we were thinking along the same lines, you know, with each other, and I had been proposed to a few times, and said no each time that I was proposed to. But I just saw something in him that I, and this is something that we as women do, um, if you feel like you can change that individual or you can make that individual in the, you know, in, in, in the way that, in the eyes that you want to see them. You know, and a lot of times we feel that we can change them. And that's kind of how I went into it. 
And I said, okay, you know, with time and patience, you know, I can form him into the man, you know, that I felt I wanted. Mm. And um, believe it or not, uh, we went through the period of time and got married. And um, after the marriage, the, yeah, the honeymoon was over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I started seeing a different side of him. And basically, I kind of started seeing the side of him that I didn't really care for. Mm. Wow. And I said, but but it's okay. It's okay. You know, I felt I could still work with him and, you know, just just have some patience. And, you know, everything is going to be all right. Well, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> it wasn't Okay It wasn't You know And um, We just started going through Different things Just it, it seemed like After a while Different things just kept popping up You know And they just kept popping up here And they pop up there And I'm standing there And I'm going Are you serious? I didn't wow. sign up for this. I didn't wow. sign up. But I, I, you know, I accepted his proposal and everything, and it was a very sweet proposal. He came <laughs> home. Um, he had this little rose, and it, and it was actually a fake rose. But it was so <laughs> cute, and he came in, and um, he actually got down on the knee. <laughs> And he handed it to me, and then he opened it up, and he asked me to marry him. And literally, I just stood there stuck on stupid. Like, what? This man asked me to marry him. And I, of course, accepted, you know. And, you know, he said to me, well, I expected you to be, you know, a little more excited than that. And I'm like, I am excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is not a TV show, you know, but I I accepted the proposal. Yes, I did. (laughs) And um, we got married a year later. A year later, we got married. And it's the craziest thing because even during the time we was getting married, it was like, you know how some people say, you see the signs, but you ignore them. Yeah. And it seemed like even on our wedding day, it was like nothing went right. You know, wow. my my brother who walked me down the aisle, him and his fiance at the time, got into a big old heated argument, and he was to walk me down the aisle. His girls were our junior bridesmaids, and they held up the wedding, and I mean, it was just one thing after another. My my tops and my cake, um, they put the cake together. I come in the venue, the top of my cake is on the floor. Oh. Um, after it had slid off, 
um, the venue that I had. They told us to go out and, and buy the tables and the chairs and everything. Went and did that. Then to come find out, we spent money for nothing. So it was like it was one thing after another, one thing after another. And wow. um, it's just, it, I have to say it kind of spiraled, kind of spiraled. And um, we hung in there, didn't we, hon? <laughs> well, how many twenty some odd years later? Um, uh, in May will be twenty three. So twenty three years later, here we are. Here we yes. are. You're on a broadcast, schooling other people as to the real married life. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> Yeah. All right, well, I want to bring another point to the table. And this one I saw very interesting. I saw very interesting because it, 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 it addressed the together and the separate. And it says, along with the tough things in your marriage comes life's struggles independently so you know you got your own stuff going on as a couple but at the same time you have that separate you know uh, you're going through something in your own individual life that you have to also contend with and you've now got to balance all of this stuff so elder jerome how did you you know as you know already you know lady annette has said you know you had your own challenges and you know, when she had the marriage and then her own challenge of dealing with your stuff. And you had your own stuff to deal with because if it was your stuff that she was dealing with, you had to deal with it. How did you make that work? Okay. Uh, I mean, it was it was quite difficult because, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I you know, like she said, I came from a very, very troubled background. And um, and and we weren't really taught how to love. You know, you know, we we didn't we didn't have we didn't weren't taught how to love, and and um, you know, it was it was just different. You know, it was you know it was different, and I had to, and I you know, and then being in um, uh, a very toxic and abusive relationship before we me and her got together you know i had to i was struggled for years and trying to heal from that you know because because <laughs> you know i laugh about it now you know uh because a lot of people talk about domestic violence but i was in a domestic violence relationship where i was the one that was being abused <laughs> and wow. you know especially when it comes to, especially when it when it's a man you know, you know, you don't expect that. You don't hear anything about that. You right. Know, cause, you know, because I came from a, you know, you know, I had a, I had eight brothers and one sister. So my mother wow. taught us, you know, my mother taught us never, never to put your hands on a woman. So uh, the woman that I was with, um, you know, she she was able to do whatever she wanted to me because she knew I would never hit her. Mm. So. She did it hitting to me, <laughs> you okay. know. So yeah, so I had to heal from that, and I didn't realize 
I didn't realize this till a year later that I could not love her the way she needed to be because I didn't I was not I wasn't healed yet. Mm, you know, okay. so I had to learn I had to I had to, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to heal from my previous relationship in order and in, in order to love her the way that she needed to be loved. So that's where a lot of the you know, the you know, the trouble came from because I was trying to heal. I didn't realize how badly burnt burnt and scarred I was. I didn't even realize because I, you know, I just, you know, how you know how men feel. Uh, that ain't nothing. I just push that to the side. But no, I was hurt. And, wow. And I didn't know how to deal with it. You know, so, so I initially took it out on her. She was right there. Why not? You know, because all I seen was a, another woman trying to manipulate or change me. Okay. But it wasn't that, but she was just trying to love me. Right. Yeah, so, wow. so I had so I had to heal heal from that and um and then you know, then of course, right, uh, you know, like she said, we came from two different backgrounds. So, you know, I was like, I'm not used to this. <laughs> I'm used to toxic. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I you know, I'm like, what is all this nice, nice, all this I don't know what this is, you know. I, I'm used to toxic. I'm used to chaotic and 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 going crazy, you know. So I'm kind of change the atmosphere, you know. And but but most of all, this was the the key component in it, right? At the time, at the time we got married, I was not fully into Christ anyway. So that right there just was, you know, you know that right. was the game changer right there, right? You know, but but it wasn't until I came into the true knowledge of Christ and I accepted Christ. That's when the wheels start turning. That's when I was able to, that's when God was able to sit me down and tell me, listen here, boy, can't you see what you're doing? Wow. Because I couldn't see, I couldn't see it. I thought, you know, I I thought I was just being me, but I couldn't see it. But, um, but after a while I began to see it and, um, you know, you know, we, Started the healing process. You know, first I had to, to be, first I had to be healed, and accept the fact that yeah, there was something wrong with me, and you know that I needed deliverance from, and then you know after that we'd be able to just start working on stuff. Wow, wow, wow! You know, Lady Annette, we're talking about being in the marriage. This ain't happening before the marriage. This is happening during the marriage that he's, you know, unaware that <laughs> he's got some, some leftover baggage that he needs to fix. Now, you've already said that you, you know, went into this with the mentality of I can change him, I can help him, you know, turn this all around, but yet you have your own stuff to contend with. You know, how how do you, you know, balance the two? What was something that you personally, because we all go through our own life's growth and challenges. It ain't got nothing to even do with the husband or the wife. There's something that you got to work on. But yet, at the same time, you got to be in this marriage and commit 
100% to this marriage. What was one thing that you were struggling with in your own life in addition to trying to work out this married life? Oh, boy. Mm. Well, um, I would have to say that um, there were a lot of things that I struggled with um, as I was growing up. And um, I, um, oh, excuse me. Um, my mother, who just passed um, four months ago. Wow. And, uh, um, beautiful woman, beautiful woman. And um, growing up, I was the oldest girl. And I always felt like, my brothers and my sisters, they would be able to go outside, but I would be home, you know, doing chores and stuff like that. And growing up with that, I always felt my mom treated me differently. Um, I struggled with that for a long time. And when I got older, I finally had that conversation with my mother you know, to find out from her, to let her know, you know, why did you treat me differently? And she told me, she said, you know, she said, when it came down to me and another brother of mine, she said, I didn't have to worry about you too, you know. She said, but the rest of them, she said, you know, she had concerns about them and stuff. And, um, I just felt like, okay, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? You know, I was a kid just like they were. And um, Elder and I, he used to always tell me, you have issues with your family that you need to deal with. And I used to tell him, even though I knew I did, but I used to tell him, man, mind your business. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, it was like, leave me alone. You know, you're crazy. I don't have any problems or any issues with my family, you know, and I would throw things back off on him. And I was an individual that if anything was going on in my life, I walked around as if there was nothing wrong. And that was day in and day out. You know, and basically, he saw that. But it became an issue between him and I because I was in denial about the way that I felt, you know, the feelings that I was having um, and whatnot. And it it was a struggle. It, it was a big struggle. And... I just fought tooth and nail, back and forth with him, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know, and it became some really heated um, arguments between us because I used to tell him, you're the crazy one, 
you're the one who has the issues with your family, da-da-da, so forth and so on. Don't try to push it off on my family. I'm like, because I have a wonderful family. What are you talking about? And in reality, you know, of course, you know, I do have a beautiful family, but any family, there can be issues, you know, and either you deal with them or you don't deal with them. And when you don't deal with them, they tend to pile up. And I dealt with that for a very long time. And basically, I would say maybe about, I would say maybe about two years ago, I actually started dealing with it. Wow. Wow. Dealing with the fact that I know I always wanted to make everybody else happy, even at the expense of my feelings. And I got to a point to where I got so angry. I, I was so angry that even in the church, even in God's house, it was don't mess with me. Don't play with me. I'm not the one to be played with. And even though I still wanted to help people, but it was, I'm going to tell you the truth, whether I, I didn't care if it hurt you or not, because I was hurting, so I didn't care if I hurt anybody else. And I went on like that for years, and because of that, that brought us into a turmoil, you know. And, you know, Elder is really caring. You know, he loves to help. You know, any way that he can help, he's willing to do so. But I used to tell him all the time, listen, you need to start listening to me at times. And because he had the passion that he had, he felt like he – wasn't doing anything wrong. And I'm not saying that he was doing anything wrong, but I just kept trying to tell him, you got to be careful how you deal with people. You can't deal with everybody the same way, okay? And we went through that for a very, very long time, you know, going back and forth, getting into arguments. And we would get into arguments about my family and him doing um, a lot of the things that he was doing. And I used to tell him, you better be careful. I know my family. I know how they can be, you know. And, of course, he didn't listen. <laughs> he didn't listen. And, you know, it, it just kept us back and forth, back and forth. And basically, throughout our marriage, a lot of times, it wasn't even because of us. It was because of other people that we allowed into our marriage. And that's one thing that people need to realize. When you say, I do, <clears throat> you're committing to one another. And that's the way it should be. It should be between the two of you. You can't let everybody in your business. You can't let everybody... Know what's going on. If y'all have a disagreement, fine. That's what it is. It's a disagreement. You know, you're going to go through it, and then next thing you know, you're going to be back 
lovey-dovey, like it never happened. But those people that you let in on it, they're going to hold on to that. You know, they're going to hold on to it. They're not going to be as forgiving, so to speak. And, you know, we went through a, we went through a lot of that. We went through a lot. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. You actually introduced another dynamic that uh, I wanted to come to. But before we get there, I want to talk about forgiveness. You know, when you're an individual, you know, you can decide whether you want to forgive or not, you know, because you can always walk away. But when you're in this real married life, <laughs> you know, walking away is is really not an option. I mean, like you said earlier, Lady Annette, yeah, people are walking away in droves. However, if but if you're really serious about this thing, you know, forgiveness is going to have to be a major component. And Elder Jerome, having said all that she said about, you know, mind your business, you don't know what you're talking about, this is my family, blah, 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 how do you learn to forgive someone, you know, your spouse, when they're going through all of this stuff and it's like, this ain't your thing. You know, and but I got, I'm in this marriage, and I gotta keep it going, and I gotta learn to forgive. How do you, how do you get to that point, and how do you stay there? Mm. Glory. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I tell people this all the time. Um, if you don't if you don't take Christ and and you sit him in the middle of your relationship, you know, it is it is it is doomed. You know, um and and it took and it and it took me getting closer to Christ in order for me to really understand her pain. You know, because a lot of times when we with people, we don't understand their pain. We may recognize but you don't understand their pain, you know. Um, and just like how the Bible says that you have to look past a person's faults to see their needs. You know, I saw her her denial of, of how her family dynamics was affecting her. So it was real easy to go, like, what's the matter with her? Why can't she just get over it? Like, you know, just leave it alone, whatever, you know, let's move on. But no, but I saw that she could not... She didn't know how to deal with it, and uh, and you know, and it takes only it takes the closeness of, of Christ to be able to to lay before God and ask God, how can I help her without hindering her in the way she is? And um, in the beginning, I didn't do it that way, but you know, eventually, I learned how I learned, you know, how to do that, you know, and um. You know, and yeah, she may have been, you know, uh, uh, throwing daggers and, dot, and darts and stuff, and I had had to learn how to duck, you know, <laughs> and everything. But, <laughs> but, um, but she, you know, it's 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 real easy to say you can look past a person's faults to meet their needs. It's real easy, but you really have to be 
rooted and grounded in the words to be able to do that. And um, and I saw that she was hurting, and I saw that a lot of what she was doing was because she was hurting. You know, and how to you know how to say say that hurt people hurt people. It is right. you know that's a true statement. It is what it is. Um, so you know it was just trying to find ways, like I said, you know, of, of loving her and helping her without trying without hindering or making the situation any worse. You know, um, it, you know, like I said, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, and I just asked God to give me ways. You know how how to not to be so combative with her. You know, to learn how to listen. You know, and um, and not sitting in the seat of judgment. You know, or or or, or seat, sitting in that seat of condemnation because you know. Unfortunately, this, that's what we do. We condemn folk real quickly. You know, I told you, I told you under the bus in a minute, and saying that's who, and that's something that we don't have to, we shouldn't do. You know, so and especially in and in, in relationships and marriage, you know, we throw each other under the bus in a minute. No, but you know, we had to learn. So I had to learn how I had to learn different ways of how to deal with her and how to reach her. You know, because because of how she grew up, she grew up a very even though she was open, but she also was very close about her feelings and emotions because she could not let people see her in a weakened state because she was always in leadership, especially in her family dynamics. But not realizing, you know, like I said, and, you know, when you look closer, we'll allow, when we allow God to give us discernment in the particular situation, that you see that she is, here she is, that she's always been the strong one but she just was looking for a shoulder to cry on. But she didn't. Okay. Wow. You know, wow. You know, yeah, and wow. that and that and that knowledge only came to how God had to sit me back, slap me in my forehead, and said, "Boy, look. You know what do you see? You wow. know, and I had to get past my 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 initially fleshly thinking and go, "Well, that's that's a she just mean and angry." No, she's actually a hurting little girl wrapped up in an adult body. Wow. Well, you yeah, know, so that, actually, that, yes. Was, yes. Yes. that was big. You know, that was big, especially Elder Jerome, after hearing uh, Lady Annette say it was only a couple of years ago. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know your age, first off, and I'm not asking, but you have to be around my age. So even mm-hmm. if you're 50, even if you're 50, you're to, forget about marriage. Yeah. Think about someone walking around. I'm listening. I'm talking to the listeners. You know, think yeah. about what they both have just said. And Lady Annette says just a couple of years ago. You know, I really, there was really something that started to break. So, you know, if you talk about somebody who's 50, you talk about somebody who's 40, you're talking about 38 years that this has been your life, and now this is just breaking. If you're 40, you're talking about, let's minus the five years, the first five years. It's about 35 years. You're talking about 50. It's minus it's 45 years. And this is just beginning to break. 
two years ago. Now, put this in a marriage. Now you got a marriage, and now you're hearing, you know, Elder Jerome say, well, listen, I had to understand that this was a little girl wrapped up in an adult body who's had to function as an adult. So, therefore, the forgiveness factor must step in because there's no way in the world you're going to get past that. You know, it's it's very easy, uh, uh, Elder and Lady Wilson, for us to see a whole lot of things. But what we do about what we see is always very different. And Lady Annette, you said that, you know, Every time you turn around, something was hitting the table. Okay, I, I, I absorbed that, and here we go. I got something else that's hitting this table. And when I absorb that and I move past that, something else that's hitting the table. How did the forgiveness factor work with you, and did it become easier for to forgive? Or with more stuff popping out of this box, harder to forgive? Um, I'm going to say that basically, basically, like I said, a lot of issues that we had, we allowed others to come in and, you know, it just became a whirlwind, you know, with other people being in our marriage. Um, us not allowing ourselves to handle it on our own. And I'm sure that for anybody, you know, that if you're going through something, if you feel you can't speak to your spouse, you know, the first thing you do, you go to your family, figuring that, you know, they'll be able to help and, you know, give you the advice and stuff like that, you know. Um once we once we realize because for us, you know, um, we were thirty five foster parents, we always had kids in our home, um, you know, our, our family members were always in our home and stuff like that. We had an open door policy for the longest. So we never really had time for ourselves. And let me also say this. The day we got married, after we been celebrated, you know, we coming home, we didn't get to come home by ourselves because one of the parents ended up leaving their kids there, which was my side of the family. So, I ended up having to come home with my nephew that night. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So once again, something else happened, you know. But once Elder and I um, let go and let God, because we always tried to deal with it ourselves, you know, and... We were kind of going back and forth when it came down to church, serving God, you know, 
um, we, we'd be at a point to where, okay, we serve from God today, you know, this month we serve with God, and, you know, everything is peach king. But then next thing you know, something will happen. Now we don't fell apart again, you know. Now we're off on that pointing the finger at each other. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. And when you play the blame game, nothing gets solved. So for right. us, we never had time to ourselves. And I have a cousin who lives in Tennessee. And my cousin used to tell me all the time, he said, because, you know, people called me Nettie. He was like, Nettie, or either she called me cuz. And that day she was like, cuz, she said, you have got to empty out your house. You got to stop allowing people to be able to depend on you because that's all it is, you know. Here it is, every time you turn around, there was somebody in our home. So we didn't have that time together. My cousin used to say, I bet you. He said, I will bet my last dollar. He said, I promise you, if you empty out your house and y'all just take the time to be together, she said, I promise you, things will get better. And, you know, we were like, "Uh, yeah, of course, but we couldn't see ourselves doing that. Um, And... Basically, like I said, my mom, she just passed, and my mom got sick, so we were, you know, taking care of my mom. Um, I had my nephew here with us, who was living with us, and he ended up going back home with his mother, and then the passing of my mom, and actually... Since the passing of my mom, we have basically just been able to have that alone time with one another to where we're able to talk. And if something happens, we're able to talk and discuss it, you know, and the outcome is totally different than it was before. Wow. You know? Wow. we have better communication and you know I'm not sitting up here saying for the whole 22 years that it was so miserable we went through our time because basically we ourselves were being hard-headed when it came down to us we didn't take out that time and close the door and give us time to heal with one another. We always felt we were doing the right thing and this is what God wanted us to do. But at the time, we didn't realize that, you know what, <laughs> we have to have that time for one another. You know, we need to have that time to where we come together, we're praying together, you know, we're communicating with one another. Because communication is a very big deal. And people have to understand that. You can't sit around day in and day out and just sit up and point fingers at one another. That doesn't solve anything. And there was times to where Elder was like, whatever happened yesterday, it was yesterday. 
He didn't want to talk about it no more. But for me, if we didn't talk about it, nothing got cleared up. So it just things just kept piling up and piling up and piling up. Wow. But wow. we've we've been able to appreciate, you know, the time we didn't think because we did it for so many years. We it was kind of strange for us, you know, and we are getting used to the fact that it's just us, you know, and being able to enjoy one another's company, you know, and not have to have 50 million people in our home. And we call ourselves, we didn't have that one-on-one time for one another. So I think a lot of that was frustration on both of our parts. You know, and we just took it out on each other. Wow. You know, you have, <laughs> in in your responses, you, you know, I normally I would be hitting a lot more points, but you've covered <laughs> a whole lot of the points that I had as you were responding to the points that were brought out. So with the few minutes we have left, you, again, touched the last thing you said. You kind of touched on the point that I wanted to uh, bring out, and I'll, I'll throw it to Elder first. We have, you know, the point that they say, in your marriage, you actually have to stop to celebrate the milestones and the accomplishments and the things that you were able to do together. And this is, like, so important for the two of you because, as Lady Annette said, you know, you always had somebody around you. So how do you actually stop and take care of one another when you're always taking care of someone else? You've got to stop. And for those points of celebration and, you know, accomplishments, and milestones and things like that. You know, how do you get that done? And when you do, what does it feel like? Okay. Well, one thing is that we you have to make a, a concerted effort to do it. You know, I mean, because, you know, because we both have walked into, we both understood that, that part of our ministries would be, you know, as caregivers. We understood that. But we'll, but we, what we didn't understand is that you have to take time out for each other to celebrate each other, you know, because if we don't rejuvenate, right, if you don't take time out to rejuvenate, then you're not going to be good to the people you're trying to take care of or each other. And, um, and, and that's why... We're embracing this moment now is that, you know, we got a time to, you know, to enjoy each other's company, you know, and, and get to know each other, you know. But if, but if you don't have that, if we don't, if you don't have that, then it's always going to be a struggle. You have to take a, you have to make time for, time for the thing to celebrate the good moments, you know, to take a moment, okay, well, you know what, listen, we're not taking care of nobody's kids today. We will be back in two or three days. Then then bring the kids back. You know, you know, you have to do these things. And we didn't always we didn't always do it. Um because, you know, because she was born a, because she was raised as a caretaker, that's all she was concerned about. 
you know, you know, it was a revolving door with with, with somebody kids. <laughs> you know, somebody somebody right. kids was always right. coming. No two in one lead, we pack up a room, they lead and next thing you know, we're fixing up a room for somebody else. Wow. You know, but it, it it took it took for her finally to say, you know what, enough is enough, no more kids. <laughs> no more kids right now. You know, um and and that's what and that's what that's what has to be done. You have to you have to make time. You have to make that time. Because if you don't make that time, you know, then it's always it is it is always going to be a problem or a struggle. You got to make that time. You got to take take some time out. It's not and not feel guilty because you're not always there for somebody, even though when you're there for everybody, you know. But you have to take a moment. You got to take a moment to step back. And regroup. Even Jesus, Jesus said that after every miracle, you know, he took a time out. Time out. Went back. He went. To, he went. And he went somewhere off in the mountains and prayed. So who are we to think that we can just keep working and working and working without taking time out to go sit with God and sit with each other? Oh, you know, good. Good yeah. point. So, you know, point. yeah, that's that's what we got to do. Yeah. Good point. Good point. You know, just that refresher, that, you know, revitalizing, you know, just getting yourself back together. Uh, Lady Annette, you know, I want you to, you know, close out because we don't want to take up any, you know, more of your time than you committed to. And you've covered so many things in in your, uh, what you've giving us and as you close again you chose this and both of you have elaborated on the real married life and please give our ladies um, that we have just a point a highlight of what they need to consider when they walk into this married life. That, listen, there's a fake side to this that you see on TV, you know, and then there's the real married life. What would you say to our ladies? I would say... um, Basically, let me first say, even though it, it, it does take work and effort in being in a relationship, marriage, whatever, you know, it takes two people, and that's the way it should be between the two people, you know. Um, marriage is a beautiful, wonderful thing. I don't want anybody out there thinking that, oh, my God, do I really want to get married? You have to go into this knowing that, yes, there's a good side and there can be a bad side to it, you know. But don't sit up and think that you can change someone. You can't. Okay? And I was very headstrong about that that I just knew that I could do this. I could change her. You can't come into a relationship like that. 
first off, you need to put God first, okay? And you need to talk with God because a lot of times while we were going through, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't bring God in on. And you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle if you don't put God first. You know, um, you just got to, you know, it's coming together, reading the Bible. As they say, a family that prays together stays together. You know, and with God, you can come through anything. There's nothing that's too impossible. You know, we just got to have that faith and trust that this is who God, God put us together. And now it's up to us to work on it, to keep us together. There was a many a times that I was looking at divorce. I tell them a lot of times I, I, I can't, I can't deal anymore. You know, I want a divorce. But what God has put together, let no man put us under. And we need to keep that in mind, that putting God first in our relationship, in our life, whatever we do, we got to go with God. Because when we try to handle things on our own, we mess it up each and every time. Each and every time. So I, I, I just say that if you really love, really truly love and care for someone because marriage is, you know, till death do us part. Through the good times, through the bad times, you know, whether you have or you don't have, you got to be able to stick to that. You got to be able to be in, 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 in that position to say, you know what, it's going to get rough. It's going to get tough. I'm not saying that it's always going to be easy, and it's not. But you got to remember why you sit up there in front of all your friends, your family, your loved ones, and took those vows. And you took those vows before God. And this is what you promised to do before God. So I say take God with you in anything that you do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lady Annette. Uh, Elder Jerome, a quick word as we close out. For our gentlemen who are listening and they believe that, you know, when you get married, you know, she's going to do everything and she's going to be the answer to all your needs and you can just lay back and kick up your feet and all you have to do is go to work every day and come back. What word are you giving to our men about the real married life? Well, you know, one thing that dropped in my spirit while she was talking is that, um, right, um, first and foremost, we got to understand that, you know, you know, when it says that who God joined together, we had, first you have to realize and understand, is this person who God wants me with, 
You know, because a lot of times we we make our own choices. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? Did 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 God ordain this relationship? <laughs> you know, and right. I think that that right. that for the that for the brethren before you decide you want to marry this woman, you need to take it to the Lord and and That's consult right. God on it. Consult him because you know a lot of times. We may want this person, but that may not be the person that God has for us. You know, and and that you have to you have to do you have to make sure that this person is a person that's going to complete your life. You know that that you that you're gonna be able to grow. Then then on the also on the flip side, you got you know you got to also realize that. If you're going to be the man, the husband in a relationship, right? You have to learn how to be the pre the priesthood holder. So you got to learn how to cover your wife. You got to learn how to cover your household, right? You gotta you gotta you gotta be able to understand what's going on. You can't just sit back and think I'm just gonna work and she's gonna sit barefoot in the kitchen or she's gonna do whatever she's gonna do and everything. She got to be at your every whim. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's how can we? How can we complete each other? You got to have a clear understanding on those things, and you're not going to have that understanding. You're not going to understand how to love another individual. You know, past their faults, past their, you know, um, the things that trouble them. You know, uh, the their fears. You know, because a lot of times, especially especially with 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 um, with women these days, a lot of women these days suffer a lot. Of a of mental and physical abuse before they even get into a relationship that never been addressed. So you have to be able to handle those things. So you got to go into it believing that you know, believing and trusting in God that God is going to help you be able to help heal the wounds. You know, and that's where a lot of people mess up at, and especially a lot of brothers because they go into it and not realize they're like, oh, she changed. No, she didn't change. This is who she was when you first met her. But you didn't see it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, so you have to get clarity on these situations, and that and that you got to consult God. And if this is who you choose, right, you have to be able to put in the work that's going to make it work. So that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Consult God and ask God how for you to deal with this situation. And and if, mm-hmm. and, if, and if this is and this is who you who you, you know who you got. Learn how to deal with it. Because if you're not going to deal with it, don't make the commitment. Just leave it alone. Walk away right now. Don't sit up there with all the I do. Just spend all that thousands of dollars, all that money, and all that other stuff. Don't do it. Forget about it. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're going to do it, you know what I'm saying? Strap in and just put a long haul and just do what you got to do. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much. Elder Jerome and Lady Annette Wilson, boy, have you schooled us today. And I thank you so much for your openness. You know, Lady Annette, I will say this to you um, in closing and thanking you. I could hear the healing. I could hear your healing as you were talking today. I give God thanks. I give God thanks because we never know know, when these things are going to come you know, or you know, uh, uh, and and present itself. These opportunities are going to present itself, and I thank you. I thank you both for just sharing intimacy 
intimate details of your lives and of your marriage. And we pray that, you know, you continue to heal, you continue to grow, and you continue to bless lives as God, you know, continues to, to walk to help you walk in your ministry. Oh, we would love to have you back. Thank you so much. We've got work to do. That's my tagline this year. We've got work to do. So I will definitely be in touch with you so we can actually continue this journey together in God's kingdom. And we pray you have a blessed day. You too. We thank you so much for having us on here. You know, it was a blessing. And, um, you know, we thank you so much for thinking about us. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Have a blessed one. All right. Thank you. You too. Thank you. All right. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a first. That's a first. We're giving God thanks for all that he does, you know, in, you know, in, in how he blesses us in ways we don't even anticipate. What a blessing. Woo. Well, you know what time it is. It's almost at a uh, nine o'clock hour, but we can't go forward if we don't get that switch tip with Shantis. Good morning, Shantis. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. You know, this is the first time I'm going to ask you. How did the Will the Wilsons touch you when they talked about the real married life? Well, they definitely confirmed some things that I was thinking, some things that God brought to my awareness, and some things that I have been saying to someone recently, you know, especially now that, you know, I'm getting older and people who God has me ministering to and reconnecting with, we're getting older and, you know, talking about marriage or wanting marriage seems like the cute thing to talk about. And, you know, it sounds nice. But when you understand the work that God is showing you that you need, it's easy for you to now see the work that someone else needs and not to be condescending or to look down on them. But it it shows you the level of maturity that God has given you, you know, and when, while it's, you know, nice to think about, oh, you know, I would like to get married and this is what I would like to do, so on and so forth. It's like I don't even want to keep entertaining that until we get past this or I get past this and I see you get past this. And they just confirm for me, like, if I'm not willing to allow God to do the work in me and if I see that you're not allowing God to do the work in you, then there can't be no us because mm-hmm. I'm not willingly signing up for no headache like I I give myself a headache why am I willingly signing up for your headache or why am I okay with you signing up for a headache with me when I know that I'm not giving my best to God and to myself I can't give my best to you if I'm not willing to give you know before we even you know bring God into it when it's just you know a regular conversation between you know people if if we see that we're not willing to do what we need to do to get ourselves better, then how do I really expect or how could you really expect that it's going to happen across the table? Like, I'm, I'm going to give you my best, but I'm not willing to 
invest in my own healing. No. So that, that really confirmed that for me. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, what's the switch tip for the day? What you got for us? Today I got the switch with Shantice where we make the switch from the streets to our godly seat. And our switch tip 140 for this week is let God dictate your mood. Of course, Mm. I pulled up the definition for mood, a temporary state of mind or feeling. And a couple of synonyms for mood is disposition and state of mind. And what had me put this switch tip on the list of switch tip ideas, you know, I know what it is, (laughs) talking about relationships, to allow the person that I was dealing with to dictate my mood. And again, mood being a temporary state of mind or feeling. So just thinking back on all of the temporary states of mind that I would be in within one hour, let alone the day, because I'm allowing this person to dictate my state of mind. So at 841, you're happy, so I'm happy. And at 841 and 30 seconds, you done said something. And now that state of mind then switched from happy to psychotic. And then the next second it switched from psychotic to homicide, like, but it's just like, either I'm going to kill you or I'm going to kill me, but somebody got to die. <laughs> and when you realize that you're allowing, and I'm saying allowing because no one forced, you know, this wasn't anything forced on When you are insecure, when you are dependent, when you are just not strong, as strong as you need to be, especially when you don't have a relationship. I didn't have a relationship with God back then at all. You know, yeah, I went to church, but there was no real substantial relationship. I didn't know what it was to really stand on my own or even stand on God to where I'm not all flimsy and wishy-washy and, you know, just like a lot of people. But thinking on that and then now watching how parents now dictate the state of mind that their children are in because of things that they say to these kids, ways that kids, and, you know, I, I've heard some sick, twisted stuff about how some children, even adult children, feel about their parents and they're okay with their parents saying and doing certain things to them because that's my mom or that's my dad. And it's like, no, like, they are jacking you up. But because of who they are to them and because of the level of dependency that they have on their parents, they figure that there's nothing wrong with allowing their parents to dictate their moves. The first Peter five, eight through nine A in the New Living Translation reads, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. The enemy will use anyone to mess with your mood, whether it's your parents, your spouse, your friends, your boss, your coworker. If he knows that he can use this person to now dictate the state of mind that you're in or the feeling that you're in right now, he's going to use them. So we have to, and of course, you don't really grasp this concept until you really start to build your relationship with God. But you have to understand that 
this is your enemy. And you may be looking at this fleshly person, but it's really the enemy that you're up against. It's really the enemy that is now trying to mess with your disposition and your state of mind. First John 4, a message version reads, My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Now, people's opinions and or advice will dictate your mood, which is one of the reasons why I don't talk to a lot of people. Because when I listen to how people speak in an average conversation or about themselves or how they speak to other people, I just take mental notes like, yeah, I'm not going to bring that to you. And it's a learned behavior, especially when it's someone close to you and, you know, you're figuring, well, I should be able to speak to, oh, real quick, real quick, this is perfect. Ladies, if you are dating someone, and you notice that your relationship with God is growing and theirs isn't, you cannot, cannot talk to them about your relationship with God. As much as you would like to, as much as you feel like you should be able to, that is one of the quickest ways to jack up your disposition and your state of mind. Because go back to the switch tip where God said, Stop trying to speak their language. They will not speak their language. They don't understand you. You might as well go want, 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 Charlie Brown, because that's all they hear. And because their spirit is not intertwined with God's spirit, immediately they get defensive and all that. And I myself, I used to put myself through that. And when I hear other, you know, my other female friends or other females talk about it, immediately I just want to say, stop putting yourself through that. But I have to... <laughs> You know, be a little more gentle and listen, because I know what it is. You cannot give their opinions and their advice, and because land, you allow that to now interfere with what God is doing with you, and it now messes with your state of mind. Please, please be on guard with that. Carefully wait and examine what people tell you. The second you notice that their advice and opinion starts to now, you go to them, oh, you know, I just prayed, or I just read this, and now you all, your whole mood is complete opposite. Don't talk to them anymore about that. New rule, say that, that's what I say, new rule, I don't talk to you about those things anymore. Philippians 128, New Living Translation, intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. So, again, anyone who messes with your mood is your enemy. And, you know, there's just such joy in knowing that ultimately you don't have to be the one to deal with them. God will deal with them. Just remember, going back to the tip that I just gave y'all from the previous person, they dated by them, but they don't know what they're talking about anyway. John fourteen twenty seven message version. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be destroyed. Bereft meaning suffering or lacking. So Jesus was saying, feeling like you're suffering or like you're lacking anything. So don't be upset. Don't be destroyed. And we read that verse all the time. I know I read that verse all the time, but in other pieces I leave with you, we have to say 
But I wanted to read it in this version too because it just says something different. We have to make sure that we're making the conscious decision and making the switch from letting other people dictate our disposition, our feelings, and our state of mind, and letting God be the only one. Because even when God is checking us, even if He has to hand us some consequences, even when things get rough and tough, and we prayed last night about just holding on and trusting God through the dark and bad times. He is always going to leave you well and whole. He is always going to leave you in peace. Just making sure that we just keep that in mind and letting God be the one to dictate our mood. Thank you, Pastor Seth. Oh, thank you, Shanti. Thank you. Thank you for that word for today, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, too. Thank you. All right. Let's get that benediction. Mm. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. You know, sometimes I repeat benediction a little sooner than you know, a little closer together, because it just kind of fits what I've heard and what I've gleaned for. You know, from what we've talked about this morning. So, what a conversation. You know, like I said, you know, a a lot of points did not have to be presented because Lady Annette, in her talking, she covered a lot of the different points that I was going to make, and and (laughs) I always come to the table with at least two lists, because, you know, I've learned from the the men, they have have blown straight through my points, and then I'm standing there on the other end, like, okay, what am I going to talk about now, I got to really think, and kind of get creative, and not all the time is my brain in the creative mode, because I'm trying to think at the same time, but... You know, I heard so much this morning, and there were a few things that stuck out to me. And, you know, one of the things overall, you know, I I heard from the both of them that the, the honesty, I think this was one of the only, and there was another couple that I remember very distinctly that they were just straight honest. And they battled it out. (laughs) I don't know if you remember uh, the McKnight's. And I remember her because she she did a praying for my husband. No, No, the enemy tried to steal my husband's wife, but God. And I asked her to come back because she had some kind of testimony. And when they, by the time they got on, they were... Something, ooh, they were in some pickle. And I think that was the only couple that we've ever spoken to that were, you know, in this in this zone. But today, listening to, I could literally hear, I don't know if anyone else picked it up, but I could literally hear Lady Annette just coming through some things. And, you know... That really stuck out to me because, you know, 
we always talk about here on the broadcast how, you know, we come on to bless, and at the same time, we end up being blessed. And, you know, this, this relationship thing is tearing a lot of lives up. Whether you're dating, courting, married, you know, it, it's, it's really adjusting our life. And I'm not saying for the good or the bad. I'm just talking about an adjustment, period. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, when you get involved with someone else, you have got to be ready. You know, there, there was a mandate that came down, you know, don't date. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't understand it. It's like, how do you know? Why would? How can you? And I want to tell you something. When, when, when I actually surveyed the lives of the people who God was talking to, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, what a directive. Because, as has been said, you you are still contending with your own issues. And for you to now take that and give it to someone else, and now they have to contend with your issues, and they're still trying to contend with their own issues is chemical combustion. I really liked that point that, you know, said, you know, you, I want to make sure I word it right, you know, how are you dealing with married life and that tough, those tough things that come in marriage, that come up in marriage, while you're dealing with your own life's struggles. And I don't care how great you are. I don't care how great your childhood was. I don't you. We all go through that. We all go through that. While you're trying to make a relationship work, life is going to hit you. Because we can't dictate what life hands us from one moment to the next. You know, you've made this commitment. The relationship is going well. You know, you start having these children. And then all of a sudden, someone's mother passed or father passed or, you know, somebody lost a job or, you know, now... You know, you've gotten into a car accident, and, and now you're, you're, you're left, you know, somehow disabled or not able to do or Somebody, you know, he's impotent, and, and now, you know, something happened to you, you know, hormonally, and your sex drive is off, and, you know, y'all used to doing it all the time. And, yo, that is serious stuff. It is not something that we can overlook. It's just not. It is life. And when you are married and you are committed to this person, and now you've got to work on your own thing, how do you get this all done? Whether you're dating, whether you're married, it doesn't matter. But especially when you're married, and again, you can't go into your own space. You know, when you're dating, you can ask a person, listen, you know, do me a favor. Just, 
I love you, <clears throat> but you know what? I just need a moment. You know, is that the best way you should handle it? I, I, I'm not addressing that, but you, there's an ability to do that, and whether it works or not, it, there's an ability. You can't do that when you're married because that commitment still needs to go forward. Why? Because you have children. You can't be over in the corner and now you leaving the spouse doing all the work, male or female. You know, bills need to be paid. You can't be over in your corner. Well, as long as I'm taking care of the bills and my, my money keeps hitting the account, I shouldn't have any problem. No. No, we can't do that. And that one stuck. That one stuck with me. You know, when you're in a relationship period, and life comes and smacks you in the face. Things that you never anticipated coming. What do you do? The only thing you can do is go to God. And let God walk you through that phase of your life. Because whether we're married, whether we're in a relationship, or whether we're single... We can't handle it alone. We can't. Because we still have to we still have to exist. If we have a job, they're still looking for you to be on that job. You're not sitting at home. There's someone who's relying on you at some point. So let's you know, we're gonna have to get this together and go to God. And trust God during those hard times. Times, because it's not going to be able We're not going to be able to do it Any other way We can't We are not made To handle this stuff alone And You know when I saw that they Chose the real married life You know I didn't know what they were going to bring To the table as with any other uh, uh, Topic Topic but this one here, the way they addressed it was, was crucial. It was really, really key to helping us understand that if we don't take God in every step of our life, we are going to be no good to anyone else. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank all the Wilsons, Elder Jerome and Lady Annette Wilson, for really schooling us on what the real married life is is about. Thank you for hanging out with us today and doing what we do. Thank you, Shantice, for that switch tip. Please do not miss this opportunity to just connect with God and give Him your life right now. Please don't miss this opportunity to connect with God and strengthen that relationship you have with Him right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you.